0: Tired. So tired. Over-tired.
1: I am Brett Terpstra. this is overtired I'm here with Christina Warren hi Christina
0: hey Brett how are you
1: I'm good we're we're recording midday today so we're, we're just trying new things every week now
0: we are and and I apologize that I was not able to do my normal time but I had to go to the doctor to like get more antibiotics because I've I had the sinus infection and they gave me drugs for it, but the drugs were not strong enough. And so I called Teladoc again and they were like, give it some time. If it doesn't go away, then like go in and whatnot. And then it's, it's been like a week and a half and frankly too long. And got to the point yesterday, like I was having a hard time swallowing and my ear was hurting so bad I couldn't sleep. So Ugh. now I'm on... So now I'm on like uh, Keflex, uh, um, uh which you know is super, super, super strong. So, so hopefully it's, that'll. It's not the it.
1: COVID, though.
0: No, it's not the COVID.
1: Okay, I, I the reason I had originally moved the appointment or our scheduled recording time was because I had an eye exam, and I hate like my vision hasn't changed in ten years, maybe twenty years. I haven't I haven't changed my prescription since like high school. And wow. Yeah, and to order contacts I have to have an exam every 2 years. So I keep every 2 years I call to order my contacts and they say you have to have an eye appointment. And I say okay and I go in and they push a bunch of they dilate my eyes and puff air in them and everything and then I can't see for half a day and nothing ever changes. And yeah, So I couldn't. Here's what I realized today, though, when my eyes are dilated, I've always put my contacts back in before I leave. But today I wore glasses and it turns out when my eyes are fully dilated, I can't see close up with my glasses on. But if I take them off, I'm fine. I always thought I was just completely blind for a few hours after dilation. Do you wear glasses? Does any of this make any Uh sense to you?
0: No, it makes complete sense to me. Okay, so I'm pretty nearsighted. I'm like, I don't know, my my, it, my my vision isn't great. Um and I've been wearing contact lenses since I was eight years old. So um I do have a prescription for glasses, but I haven't had them filled in forever. So my glasses, if I could even find them, are terrible. Like they wouldn't work.
1: Mm. But
0: um my 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 uh prescription usually stays about the same. I think I'm about negative six. Um, so not super good, uh, but I like it could be worse or whatever. I do totally understand what you mean about the having the dilated pupil stuff, and even when they give me like the reverse drops, it still takes a while, and it's hard because what'll happen is that first my vision will come back a little bit, and then it's focusing on like stuff that's up close that becomes like really, really difficult, at least for me. Um, so, so like. My vision, I don't know if yours is the same way, like I can see up close normally, like great. It's, it's when you get more than, I don't know, 12 inches away that I start to have problems.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Up to 12 inches. I'm the opposite of a cat. Did you know cats are blind within about a foot of their face?
0: Huh? Did not. But uh, yeah, I'm the opposite. I too am the opposite of a cat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you ever, if you've ever held a treat out in your hand for a cat and they just like stare at you blankly. But if you toss it on the floor, they'll go grab it. It's because they can't see your hand.
0: That's interesting. Well, yeah, then, they're so,
1: assholes. I mean, they just can't Well, like, I was going to say that's. That,
0: yeah, I've never owned a cat, but that's that was the thing I've understood more. Right? Is is that they're they're just assholes? But <laughs> I, I too am the opposite of the cat, and it's the sort of thing where my vision. It's. I mean it, it's, it's bad to the point that. Like if I don't have my contacts in or if I didn't have glasses, I would not be able to walk around or, or do things like it would be like a safety issue for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I'm not. Um, it's It's not like I could survive if it were an apocalypse and I could no longer get new contacts and eventually mine wore out and I broke my glasses, which I always assume will be. One of the things I'll be dealing with, I assume that if there is an apocalyptic occurrence, the first thing that will happen to me is my glasses will break. It'll be like that Twilight episode with the guy who just wants to read books and then he breaks his glasses at the end of the world. Anyway, um, I could survive like I can see the zombies coming. I just I can't focus on their faces. I can't read street signs uh, at all without my glasses. But in an apocalypse. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm way worse names than that are less important. <laughs> OK.
0: Yeah, oh. no, I think I think you're probably right. In my case, I would absolutely not be able to survive. Like I like the, the zombies would be eating me like we're talking like Fear of the Walking Dead situation, because not only would I not be able to the, see the street signs, I wouldn't be able to make out that it was a street sign. Like it would just look like a, a fuzzy. Oh, blob you wouldn't
1: be able to tell who is a zombie and who is just an out of focus blob.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It'd Uh, be real bad.
1: Yeah. Zombies. Did you know prepping has become mainstream again? Like, it was always, (sighs) it was like the American pastime for weirdos. And now, since coronavirus hit, uh, these companies that sell underground bunkers and stuff have just, they've had to hire people to handle the demand.
0: Interesting. That makes sense, I guess, with everything that's happening like, I can see it coming back again, because now we are actually in a situation not where prepping makes sense because it doesn't, <laughs> but where people were given, I guess, cover for their hoardish tendencies. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, well, it actually is legitimately hard to buy toilet paper. So I might as well build a bunker <laughs> that also has a bunch of food <laughs> stuff and other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Oh, there's a, uh, one of our Discord members. And I'm forgetting which one now, but uh, their their mom has an Etsy shop because she owns a cricket uh, little die cutter thing. And uh, and she has shot glasses, pandemic shot glasses that have uh, like there's one with toilet paper on it and one with a coronavirus molecule on it. They're they're clever. It makes me want to get a cricket. I've been seeing commercials for the Cric- Hey, Do you know what this is? No, I don't. It's like a it's like a handy little die cutter and you can just feed in your patterns, designs, make stickers, greeting cards, like paper cut greeting cards and everything. It appeals to my crafty side. I have I have piles of craft shit. I I I if I took more pictures, I would be a scrapbooker. But I just like making like custom cards for people's birthdays. More than anything,
0: yeah, um, no, that makes sense, and uh, I was gonna say this does kind of fit with what you're talking about, like with your crafty side of, that I know about you do like you do woodworking and other stuff i I don't do that sort of stuff at all, like that is I wish actually, I don't know, I guess I if I were good at it, it would be one thing. Um, I'm not, so I, I don't have it, but it's weird because the rest of my family all is like my dad, I guess less so, but he does have the skills to do it if he needed to. My mom is pretty good um she but she likes it a lot. My sister both likes it and is incredibly talented at it. Like insanely insanely talented. She's very artistic uh, in similar ways that you're artistic, like very like full on right brain side whereas I'm artistic but it's it's different. Like it like I'm good at at abstract types of art and stuff where I can be precise with it, but if I was trying to cut something specifically or whatever like I would be really worried about making sure that it was exactly just so. And like, you know, you need a certain amount of uh, what's the word, I guess, like, like trust in yourself to be able to be fluid (laughs) and and do certain things. And I'm like, oh, no, I I would be, you know, not able to draw like a perfect circle.
1: Well, that's the thing is you're a perfectionist, too, which makes it hard to get started. You have to be willing to make a mess. Yeah, that's true. This, however, leads me to so haroldina in our in our discord shared this youtube channel called the craftsman with there's no t just c r a f s m a n steady crafting, and it's this guy who he he he's only on camera as a puppet and he has this strong like bayou accent and almost unintelligible at points but he does like everything from uh making rubber figurines to uh more complex craft yeah i i got lost in it for like an hour yesterday uh i had it playing in the background and it ended up stealing my focus I, what do you call that like a a youtube hole a, yes. a tube hole a you,
0: yeah a tube hole a tube k hole i guess right <laughs> right <laughs> um,
1: but yeah it's uh it, it, it i don't know it's fascinating it's it's fa- it it's weird it's weird but,
0: I, I could see, like, getting into that kind of content. And then the funny thing is, I'm sure, like, once you see one of those things, the algorithm, like, you just see more and more and more and more, like you're saying. And now for, yeah, like, the next few you're weeks, all going to be the person. videos that are recommended to you. <laughs> right, right. No, but but even beyond that, like, the thing is, is that, okay, you know, because we're ADHD, so we, our interests shift to something else. And then what happens is, it's like, okay, well... Now um, I've forgotten about this, but YouTube is going to keep reminding me every couple of weeks once people post something about it, and so I'll be reminded every few weeks. Oh, remember the time I went down that hole? Do I want to continue to to care about that?
1: Right, yeah. right, right. Now YouTube basically only uh, recommends science and atheism videos to me. Uh, we had to make sure that our TV had a separate account set up for L because. I was getting recommendations for like um, home spinning and darning socks and things that were not of interest to me. Um, none of this stuff I watch will ever lead to radicalization, though. Although that's not true. Yeah. I guess atheism could be considered radical by some people. Science? Yeah. Science I mean, I don't could know. Be Science? Radical.
0: Totally. I mean, you could just become like you could be, become a, de- a, a like a, a truly committed like, and then there's like alternative sciences stuff. Like there are, there are a lot of holes that you could go down if you be- <laughs> like believe it or not.
1: I go down the holes that that just dis- debunk. I I, go, I I watch a lot of debunking videos on alternative science. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I watch those too. Although the skeptic community pisses me off because they get into their own drama, which is sometimes interesting but oftentimes it's just not.
1: Well, reac- just like, reaction videos to reaction videos to uh uh-huh. yeah, they get they get old fast. It's
0: yeah, be- I recently I recently went down a hole of uh like there's like the there's a there's the anti MLM movement which, you know, sounds like a good thing. Um except it kind of turned into something where I'm not really sure if any of these women are actually anti MLM or, or some of them have been in, in MLM, some of them haven't been, but it then just kind of turned into a bunch of them like having reaction videos to, you know, people in MLMs making videos. And then there was like drama with it where somebody who was big in the anti MLM community was like, why I'm no longer anti MLM? And then that became a whole thing. <laughs> anyway, I waste, I wasted like a whole part of my Saturday trying to figure out if I cared about the drama enough or not. And I think my, in takeaway was no I don't and also anybody who like I, I I am such a like fervent anti-MLM pyramid scheme person other than like when someone pulls off a really good one and then I'm like oh that's actually interesting <laughs> uh but but I'm so anti like I could never get sucked into that you know what I mean that yeah. it's um it, I was like yeah no I, I kind of think everybody is terrible except like maybe the the people who really were in it got pulled out of it and are trying to warn others. But I feel like the people who are like, I'm no longer anti MLM because the community is toxic. I'm like, okay, you're, you're bad. And also you were making these videos just to get clicks, which was weird. But anyway, sorry, you were going to make a segue before I went into a completely, was I, because I have place. a new
1: one. CBS. Okay, yes. Go into that. CBS reports that this guy, that the FBI was about to arrest for a Ponzi scheme, uh, tried to escape using an underwater scooter, That, like, submerges and can go four miles an hour at a depth of 100 feet. And he jumped in a lake and tried to get away underwater. So they just followed the bubbles and waited for him to come back up. It was a delightful story.
0: Uh, That is delightful. I love that so much. That's amazing. So (laughs) a lake. I mean, but just imagine, like, your getaway thing. Like, you're like, okay, I'm going to escape capture by... Escaping underwater in my lake because it goes four miles an hour because the police can't just drive around the lake
1: or, or walk.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, obviously they, they they could walk faster than like that that thing is going. But like, I love that. It's like, uh, uh, yeah that that that'll show them. Like, what would your scenario even be in that case? Like, even in a best case situation, like, how much water would you have to have where that could be like? Unless you have your own real legit submarine, and even then, like. You're going to have to come up for air at some point. Right. And people are going to be there. Like, what? what are, are, are you going to like just just traverse underwater until you get to the Bahamas and, and are technically on like foreign soil or something? Like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. But that's also his Ponzi seemed, scheme sounded pretty lame. Like he owned a legitimate company, but then came up with this up thing. <sighs> where he just had people give him money that he promised was going to an algorithm that would reinvest it for them but there wasn't he was just taking their money so it's not oh, really yeah, yeah. a ponzi no. scheme so much as yeah, a it scam is.
0: No, that, no, no. That is actually a legit Ponzi scheme. So uh, the origins of the term Ponzi scheme goes back to Charles Ponzi, who it was a very classic, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul thing. And so he was uh, he claimed that he would use arbitrage to buy postal reply coupons, which were a thing back in the day, which basically would let you use postage, regardless of what country you were in. So if you lived in, uh, and this was, you know, in the 1920s, so this is back when you had a lot of immigrants. And so if you lived in, say, Italy, and you were trying to send money or, or send, you know, something to the United States, and you didn't have a U.S. postage, you could use one of these postage reply coupons that would apply kind of universally. And the thing is, is that because um, stamp prices differed place to place, even though, you um, you couldn't exchange the postal reply, reply coupons for money. Uh, Ponzi thought he was like, oh, well, if I bought enough of these things, I could then exchange them for stamps, and then find a way to convert those stamps into money. And if I did this, depending on what the price of of stamps were, you know, in different markets, like I could create arbitrage and create money out of this. Uh, it could maybe work, but it actually turned out that the global supply of postal supply coupons was was so small that you wouldn't really be able to make money. But instead, what he was doing is he was telling people that he could double the money in, I think, like 12 weeks or, or, or six weeks or something. And so basically, he was saying, um, if you within a certain period of time, I'll give you 150 percent of your investment. And if you let it roll, it'll be 200 percent of your investment. And you c- you can go beyond that. And so he thought that he could figure out a way to actually make money at this time. He couldn't. And, you know, during the summer of 1922 or something, he wound up, you know, fleecing the city of Boston and, and even a little bit beyond that out of, you know, millions and millions of dollars before it was brought down. But yeah, that's what this guy was doing. It's like, that's like the most classic Ponzi thing. Oh, I'm investing your money this way, but really, no, I'm just taking your money and then, paying earlier investors with uh with the money that that comes in from the new people. So how do you
1: wait you know stuff, right? Like yeah. someone says Ponzi scheme and you can rattle off like this is the origin of Ponzi. This is how do you yeah. do you spend a lot of time like reading? How do you retain all of this information?
0: Well, it yeah, so I read a lot. Um in this case, I read a book called Ponzi's scheme gosh 13 years ago. Um, it actually, it might have even been an Audible uh, book that I listened to, which I think might have helped in that case. And I found the topic really interesting, and it went through the whole thing. And I've actually listened to that audiobook more than once huh. um, because it was a really good story. Uh, Mitchell Zukoff is the author, and it's it's a really, really good um, story. It, it's actually, just for a brief tangent, um, not only does it give you the whole life history of, of Charles Ponzi and his scheme, but also it sort of intersects it with the the guy who— Ultimately, like the newspaper that uncovered the whole thing and, and sort of the uh, the publisher's son who was kind of a, a fuck up and his his dad became like intermed and he had to sort of take over the family business, which at the time was like the biggest newspaper in, in Boston. And everybody thought that he was a fuck up and he actually wound up you know, being the publisher and supporting the paper and the reporters who uncovered all this. And and so it's but there's sort of interesting parallels between his life and Charles Ponzi's life, um, uh, which is which is fascinating. But uh, yeah, I, I read a lot. And then if it's interesting to me, even if I've only read it once, it's usually one of those things where I just retain it. I just will not forget the even the minute details. But in in the Ponzi case, that's one that I think I've listened to the book, you know, twice and um and I obviously read a lot about um uh, Bernie Madoff and I think that was the catalyst for me originally listening to the book. So it was two thousand eight I guess it was, you know, Madoff and um I, I've looked into like other people who've done that stuff and uh I don't know. I found the Ponzi story just so fascinating, just what he was doing and the way he was doing it and um, there was also a bunch of stuff with how he was trying to kind of stay one step ahead of the banks and other things because, you know, he was trying to prove his solvency when he really didn't have it. And this is before there was FDIC stuff for banks. And so his attempt at getting ahead of things was he was tr- literally trying to buy ownership of one of the banks so that he could then rob money from the banks to pay off his his stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, like there's just a whole bunch of layers to it. but. It's yeah, not so just that's Ponzi
1: it. though. Like you, you basically every week you're able to do this. You're able to wow me with how much you know about something that like I've read about, but I have n- I'm nowhere near the depth of knowledge that you do about stuff. It's very impressive. I I don't think there's anything uh, uh, weird about that. It's it's really impressive. You oh, have a you. mind like yeah. a trap.
0: That's kind of it, right? Um, I I I don't know. I go into little holes kind of like what we do and if I was interested in something I typically won't forget it uh that's not universally true but it's it's true enough especially if, if I don't know if I can find a way to if there's like an interesting narrative around it um I can usually retain it forever
1: but, I, yeah. I forget stuff so quickly that like one year after a TV show comes out I can decide to binge watch it and be halfway through it before I realize I already watched the whole thing <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I could do that with Game of Thrones right now. I could start Game of Thrones and it would be like a whole new series to me. Yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the issue with me is like, it does require, I guess, prolonged attention. So if it's one of those things where like Game of Thrones is actually a good example where I didn't ever get super, super into it. So if I were to watch it again, I would need to go back and like watch really closely and not have my phone near me and not be doing other shit so that I could absorb it. Otherwise, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember some of these plot lines, but I don't remember the whole thing.
1: I'm uh, so I talked uh I finally talked L into watching Ted Lasso.
0: <gasps> yes, so what did she am, what did she am, think?
1: She's loving it. And I am at that annoying point where I still remember everything so well that I can like say lines before people say <sighs> them, uh which I know is annoying and I try not to do it, but there are some lines that you you so look forward to. Right. Especially, especially his responses to Nathan, the, the yes tack, uh, kit, 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 man man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like it's some of his lines. They're so Ned Flandersy but just they're delightful. But,
0: but they are delightful. Yeah. I finally got Grant to watch it too. And he also really, really liked it. Um, and it, like, he, I don't know what, what his holdup was. I, I honestly, I should have just led with the fact that like Brett liked it. Cause he takes your opinion much more seriously than mine. <laughs>
1: That's funny cuz there are a lot of times that L will take your opinion more seriously than mine.
0: <laughs> oh, Christina awesome. said it
1: was good. Well then.
0: <laughs> See. Yeah, that was I mean cuz honestly I think that I should have just led. him. I was like, "Oh, well, no, you know, Brett liked this a lot. Then he would have been like, "Oh, I'll watch it." And he finally did and he was like, "Oh, yeah, this is really good." Sad news on that though. Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis apparently have broken I up.
1: I saw that and I normally don't care about that kind of thing, but I I had I had a, 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 an affection for Olivia Wilde uh just her movie career has she's had a lot of movies that have uh been important to me mm-hmm. um and Jason Sudeikis primarily because of Ted Lasso so suddenly Great. I cared about this but it said it said in whatever people magazine I was reading that it was an amicable split and that their kids were coming first and it seemed like they never actually got married, did they? No, no. And they were they like didn't. engaged they were... for seven years or whatever.
0: Yeah, they've been together almost a decade and they were engaged for like seven years. Yeah, it seems like all things considered, it's, I don't think there's any drama with it. Uh, and They were even photographed like in September, like together on the beach, like kind of frolicking in the ocean. And a couple of weeks ago, he was asked about her, about the movies that she's directing and stuff. And he was really complimentary and I, I think she was complimentary of him in a recent thing, too. So there doesn't seem to be any drama at all, which I love. But that almost makes me sadder because I really liked them together. Yeah. Like, I'm really glad that, that it's not anything bad, that I don't have to be mad at either one of them because I lo- I like them both a lot. Um, uh, like you, I think uh, her, I've just, i followed her film career for a long time. Uh, I think uh, Smart was one of the best films you know, yeah. in the last few years, uh, I'm really looking forward to the next thing she's directing. Like, I think that she's also a really good actress who, she's one of those actresses who, I don't think she got enough roles, to be honest, just because she's so pretty that it, like, I think it works against her in some ways. Sure. Uh But um, her directing career is great. She's always, you know, I've always liked her interviews. I did interview her one time and I'm pretty sure I, I, She, I'm sure, does not remember, but made a total ass of myself because it was during South by Southwest. And the publicist reached out to me at like 9 p.m. and was like, do you want to interview the cast of Drinking Buddies? And at this point, i had been drinking for several hours. (laughs) And so I was like, sure. So I go and it's like her and it's Anna Kendrick and it's Ron Livingston and it's another guy whose name I can't remember. And I just kept saying to Anna Kendrick, she's so pretty. Like that was basically... (laughs)
1: That that Anna Kendrick was so pretty.
0: No, that Olivia that, Wilde was so pretty.
1: <laughs> oh, like I,
0: like like Anna Kendrick's very pretty too. She but, is. but I, th- I but, think she's prettier than
1: Olivia personally. But but I get it. Well,
0: interesting. Okay, but well, and, and Anna Kendrick, as I let's recall, not, I'm sure she was. Let's
1: spend like, the episode rating women.
0: We're not. We're not. I'm just saying. No, I think the Anna Kendrick. But no, I think I think Anna Kendrick was one of those things where she was like, uh, she was being nice. I'm sure she was like, "Who is this drunk bitch?" But she was just like, "Yes, yeah, she is." Like she was like totally in agreement with me. She was nice about it. But yeah, that was that was not my finest moment. But also, don't reach out to me at 9 p.m. for an interview at South by Southwest. Um,
1: or or much of anything.
0: I mean, agreed. No one but be yeah, reaching
1: out at 9 p.m. That's for booty calls. That's how uh, it, old it I am. 9 p.m. is what other people think of as like midnight. <laughs>
0: <sighs> but yeah, no. So I hope everything is, is good with, with, with them and that the, there isn't drama, but yeah, I was sad to see that.
1: We, um, weren't we supposed to talk about book smart because we I remember you mentioned it and then I did the homework. I went and watched it, but I can't remember if we ever talked about it. I
0: don't think we ever did.
1: Oh, we should have, we should have talked about it closer to when I had watched it because my aforementioned memory problems have already, like, I remember liking it. I remember a couple scenes from it, but I, I can't speak to it as a as a whole anymore
0: yeah no i mean i really i mean it just for for uh listeners it's it's kind of uh usurps the trope of you know kind of the coming of age you know film you know that usually is about teenage boys but it's about teenage girls who a their friendship is really great but b you know i don't know i think i thought it represented actual you know what it's like to be a teenage girl and not a super popular teenage girl and like a but also not like an unpopular, you know what I mean? Just like a right. normal girl, like really well. It was really funny and also really smart. It's,
1: it's not about the nerd becoming the prom queen. No,
0: not at all. Not at all. Because, like, it, it, it understands. It reminded me in a lot of ways. It's very different and from a tonal sense, like completely different, but it reminded me a lot. And, and Beanie Feldstein was, was in uh, Ladybird as well, but it did remind me similarly of, of Ladybird, even though they're very different tonally. Did you ever see that?
1: I did not.
0: Okay, Lady Bird is excellent. Um, Greta Gerwig, uh, Shira uh Timothy um, uh, and, uh and and Beanie Feldstein. That was like her first kind of breakout role, um, and uh, it's uh, it's sort of autobiographical. I think about Greta Gerwig. Um, it resonated with me a lot because I'm basically the exact same age as the character, and it took place in like 2002. And, um, which makes it period, but not, I know. It's really good. Um, uh, uh what's her name? Uh, Alison Janney. Uh, no, not Alison Janney. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's either Alison Janney. Or no, it's Lori Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf plays, uh, Shisha Ronan's mom. It's a really, it's good. I, I would recommend watching that for sure.
1: I like how confidently it, you say Sersha Like I always I've question ha- my pronunciation on that.
0: Oh, I do too, but I finally got it because she, like her career has just taken off, and yeah. so she's been on TV so much, and I I would feel bad about saying it wrong because I had no idea how to say her name for like years.
1: Yeah, well, I watched her on a on a talk show explaining how to say her name, and even after that, I was never sure I was getting it right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: It was probably the same thing we did. It was probably the Graham Norton show clip or something. But, um, anyway. What? Uh, you wrote, you wanted to talk to me about Fraser?
1: Oh well. So this all started with what kind of with you had suggested watching Succession. Yes. And I found myself unable to care about all these rich people. Got it. And I I did not give it too much of a chance. Uh, I watched it in the background while doing some freelance work. And it just it didn't hook me. And I was thinking in my head, I just don't care about rich people. But then so L to fall asleep for the last few years, she just turns on Frasier on on Hulu and falls Mm -hmm. asleep to it, which
0: it's good. It's good fall asleep uh, TV.
1: Well, and she has like the whole series memorized and she doesn't need (laughs) to see the screen. She just knows what's happening. And totally. So I decided, hey, if you're so into it still, let's give it a shot. And now it's become my favorite, like, last show of the evening to watch. You know, like, watch one new good show, and then, all right, and let's have a Frasier. And it's become, it's like comfort TV.
0: Yeah. But no, I hear that. it's so
1: good. Like, I can't believe how well it's held up compared to some of the other sitcoms from its time and even from after its time even early 2000 mm-hmm. sitcoms that haven't held up nearly as well it's yeah a good show. I, this is
0: okay yeah grant loves it and i have to be honest um i've watched it but i've never watched it like seriously and you're i think probably the third person that i've heard this from recently so i'm gonna have to go through and watch Frasier again and give it another shot um i think that my i don't know i think when i was a kid when it came on and i always just kind of found it boring
1: um yeah i could see that
0: but i i think that now i would like it a lot more and when i have watched episodes i've enjoyed it and so i think i could get sucked into it uh it is interesting though because i've heard the same thing from others that it's held up really well but i know what you mean about those like the last show just the comfort tv to watch at the end of the night like for grant and i for many many years because adult swim would play king of the hill yeah um we would watch that, and the thing is is that because when we used to live on the east coast, you know they would have the episodes at like 10 pm but then they would come back around again at like one am and because we would always be you know awake yeah, you know you could you could catch it again and then and then it got later and later, so it got to the point where it was like, okay, well, the next one will be at five am right <laughs> and so if you're up really late then then you're you're still able to catch the king of the hill and and that's one of those where Grant that's that's Grant's favorite show. He introduced me to that when we first started dating and then I fell in love with it. It was another one of those shows that I mean, it was still on technically when we got together, but it was on its last legs. And it was one of those that I'd never really watched. I'd watched, I think, the first couple of, you know, episodes and because I liked Mike Judge from Beavis and Butthead, but I, I never really got into it. And then I, I did and I was like, Oh, this is a great show. And it is. Like it's it's held up really well in terms of cartoons and even just in terms of kind of like family like yeah. sitcom types like it's actually held up really well so i know what you mean that's one of those one of my favorite shows ever it's on my plex but it's not on streaming anywhere is news radio and yeah. that's one that i i think that would be like a good comfort show that i could like watch over and over again
1: all right well if you uh if you give fraser a try pay attention to the character raz and how she owns her her kind of um, polyamorous, uh, her she she sleeps with a lot of guys, and she owns it completely. And like they make fun of her a little bit, but there's not a lot of shame around it. It's kind of, I would say, for its time, pretty progressive. But also, pay attention to Niles Fraser's brother because mm-hmm. if you don't specifically realize his physical comedy is so on point. It's it's so good and so intrinsic to his character that you might not even notice. But watch his physical comedy. It's hilarious.
0: Nice. I, I will definitely check that out. And I think David Hyde Pierce won a number of like Emmys and awards and stuff for that. So that makes sense. But yeah, I, I will definitely like give it a shot now and uh, we can talk about it in the future. But actually, I think this is a good segue because speaking about things that kind of like get us into a good headspace oh to God. you know go to sleep.
1: That was uh, right. that was a, a primo, primo segue because life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. And 2020 has challenged every one of us to stay sane. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. And that's Headspace. Headspace is sponsoring today's episode, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations all in an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. And if you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep and boost focus, uh, as well as increase your overall sense of well-being. I, uh, I use, so it has two different, well, probably more than two, but it has two different sleep kind of features that I I use Uh, which I think is appropriate for overtired it has these wind down like five minutes of mindfulness to end your day and prepare you for sleep and they're great to do as you fall asleep but they also have these like uh soundtracks and like stories and reading that uh like I like to fall asleep to audiobooks but then I spend a lot of time rewinding because I do fall asleep to them same. Um, so these are more like uh, it has the effect of an audiobook with with uh, with nice like there's one that's uh, a rainy antique. It's rainy antique something, but it's basically uh, like a, an evening street sound with with light rain and then a soothing voice over the top of it. And I honestly don't even know what the voice says because I fall asleep so fast to it. Um, but they also have focus soundtracks for while you're working. Have you used it?
0: I've used the app and it's one of those things where I have a hard time getting into, I guess, a meditations place, even though I know that I should, because my mind is always running and like literally it's always running. And so I um, have used it before and I was surprised because I was actually kind of skeptical. I was like, I don't know if this is going to do anything. And it really did like kind of get me to that place where I could kind of black out my thoughts and not have my mind running all the time. And I, I find that really helpful, actually.
1: Yeah. Totally. I, I, mindfulness in general has been, uh, especially for someone with ADHD, it's uh, been a very good uh, non, non-medication uh, help for me. But uh, you deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash overtired. That's headspace.com slash overtired. And you can get a free one-month trial. Uh, this is the best deal offered right now, so head over to Headspace.com/slash/overtired today. So you you uh you were talking last week that you were gonna get a PlayStation. How's that going?
0: Successful, except it's not in my hand yet. And I just as we were doing our sponsor read was trying to buy another one, uh, and I, I was unsuccessful. Uh, so I was successfully able to get a PlayStation Five, but it will not be here until next week. But I was able to successfully get two other PlayStation 5s for two other people, and those have arrived to them. So I'm I'm the last one to get it. Why are you? I also, because I had to get them from different places. So I got mine from Costco, and Simone's came directly from Sony, so she got hers first, and Kelly's came from Ant Online. And um, I just tried to get one direct from Sony, and it wasn't taking my credit card. And then when I was trying to fiddle with that it came up and gave me errors and it went out of stock so I literally lost it by like half a second which is frustrating but that's fine um I I don't need this I was just I'm gonna be honest at this point I was gonna be a I was gonna be a scalper um or if I could have been convinced otherwise I would have like shipped it to a friend who who wanted one so they were they've been incredibly hard to get it's it's stupid and I managed to get three of them on my birthday which was last Thursday I also got an Xbox Series X, which I've been playing a little bit, and it's really good. And um, but I'll I'll apparently get my my PlayStation next week, so, so we'll be able to talk more about it then. But for me, the bigger thing if I'm if I can be totally candid, I know this is awful, but the thrill of just being able to successfully buy these impossible to get consoles has been like a bigger high for me than playing the damn games. So
1: <laughs> why why are they so hard to find? What's so great about them?
0: There's nothing that great about them. I think it's just they're new. So they're supply constrained for that because the factories aren't able to make enough. And and it actually is kind of dumb because there are very few games that are only available for the PlayStation right now. Like Demon's Souls is basically, I think, the only exclusive. I don't think there are any exclusives for Xbox yet. Uh, some of the games that are out are upgraded. So if you had a previous generation Xbox Um, you know, uh, 1X or 1S, or if you had a PlayStation 4, some of those games will run better and have better graphics on the PlayStation 5, but they're still available on both consoles. Realistically, there's not a, a reason to buy one of the new consoles right now, in my opinion, unless you're in a situation where maybe like it would be your first console you're trying to get. Even then, honestly, like I think that for parents who are trying to get their kids like a big Christmas gift, I, I get like the the, the need right because you want to you're not gonna buy them the game console you know in march when more games are out you want to go ahead and get it now and then over time you know more games will come out but but for people who can wait I don't think there's really a reason to to rush out and do it except for the fomo and you know quarantine has just exasperated that um add to that supply on all of electronics are just Bad right now, and I think partially some of that was due to pandemic back uh, shortages. That's basically um, been fixed now. But there's this one semiconductor factory, um, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor (TSMC), who makes an in like ordinate amount of these devices. So they are making both the chips for the silicon for the PlayStation Five and the Xbox One X, or not One X, uh, Series X. God, the names are so terrible. Uh, good job, Microsoft. <laughs> and they're making Apple, uh, Apple's um, Apple silicon chips, and they're making the chips in both the new NVIDIA and the new AMD graphics cards. And I believe they're also making the the chips for the new Ryzen um, Zen three processors. So it's one of these things where like this one foundry is making like the proportion of silicon for all these devices, and I I don't know how they're going to keep up. So some of it is just you know, one fab doing all the work. And I think the bigger thing though, is that everybody's stuck at home and like gadgets are a new thing again. And it's the holiday season. So it's just like a perfect storm. And then for me, not only do I have the gadget lust, but like, if you tell me, oh, it's impossible to buy this thing, I'm going to be like, watch me. Uh, (laughs) and because it becomes like a, because it becomes like a personal affront to me. I'm like, I refuse. So I'm we'll glad see.
1: you're on my side.
0: Totally. Uh, I and I, I became good at this during um, earlier part of pandemic when um, Nintendo Switches were really hard to get, and everybody wanted to play Animal Crossing. And I made friends with some teens who let me into a Discord where somebody somebody had a bot that followed certain links and, and would you know just ping stuff a bunch and would see okay when is it in stock. So it wasn't like a full checkout bot, but it was just like kind of an in stock bot and then would send notifications to the discord to let us know. And I was able to score like 10 Nintendo switches for people during, uh, like during, you know, in April, like when there was like peak, no Nintendo switches available at all. And so because of that, even though I don't have the same, uh, you know, step up for, for the PlayStation, um, I've become good at knowing the places to check and like the stuff to keep an eye on. Some, so that's given me an advantage.
1: Some mobile console just got discontinued. That wasn't the Switch, was it?
0: No, I have no idea what it was.
1: Huh? Yeah. See that. That's how much I I don't know. I like I read the news. I read the news article, but I have no idea what anything is. So. It might
0: have been the. It might have been the 3DS. They finally officially discontinued that. Man. Um. But yeah. But yeah. I mean. I mean. The, it's good. Like the the consoles are good. It's just there's really no games for them that are going to 100% take advantage of the features. Like, I, I as an adult grown person, don't need it. But I'm dealing with pandemic by buying things and, and buying my way out of my feelings. Also, on that note, we're back under, like, house arrest, basically. The state of Washington, there's a state order that they've, like, re-implemented quarantine. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I heard that whole coronavirus thing was getting out of hand.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, on the one hand, I'm really glad that the state is taking it seriously. And a friend of mine who works at Harborview Medical, which is one of Seattle's big hospitals, has he's just been telling me how it's been nuts. But on the other hand, like I've already been staying inside a ton yeah. and have been going stir crazy and have become agoraphobic because of my lack of going out. Mm-hmm. And now the enhanced measures are just going to make it worse. But yeah, uh, cases are insane. What are they like in um, Minnesota?
1: Um, not good. We, there was some... I'm actually looking at the numbers right now, but even in my little town here, there was like a thousand new cases this week, which is nuts. Um, the weather channel made it harder than it used to be to find the, it, they used to have like a top, top of the page count of like local numbers. No, I can't find it at all. But anyway, it it's horrible. And Minnesota was, Was early on the train with the initial lockdown, but I think they're super hesitant to try it again, which is like things are getting bad and things are worse now than they were the first time they locked it down. So it's only a matter of time. Like I'm trying to get my family to cancel um, our big Christmas get together because that's 15 people coming from three different states and. I think Minnesota's current guidelines don't even allow it to happen. And I might be willing to say, well, you can bend the rules, but everyone, like everyone's getting sick. This is not the time really to be messing around with that. You can have no, it's have Christmas next year?
0: Yeah. And this is kind of how I feel because I miss my parents terribly, even though, you know, we've like, I want to be able to argue politics with them in person. Right. <laughs> like I want to like, I refuse to do it. Um, I refuse to do it like over the phone when I can't see them. And when it'll be more than a year since I've been able to see them in person. Like I refuse to do that. And I, I just, I don't know. It, it sucks, but I'm, I'm not going home. Like there's no way, especially with how bad things are. Like yeah. I think it's irresponsible. My my mom was telling me, so a friend of theirs, uh, he's got diabetes and he has some other stuff. And I think he might even be, be like a, a cancer survivor and he's definitely immunocompromised. His granddaughter, who's in college, like came to visit him. She, um, got tested or whatever. I guess the next couple days, you know, she was sick. She had it, and obviously he got it. He, he fortunately he was he was able to you know find out pretty quickly and was given the right drugs and and was was able to recover. But like, she could have killed her grandfather. Like, yeah. not even being hyperbolic. And I I was just thinking about that, like, because she came over on a Sunday wanting to you know hug them and have breakfast with them, and I'm like what the hell is your problem like you're you're going to school school is open you're a college student like you feel like you're invincible like i was telling my mom because my mom was sort of trying to not defend like the 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 girl but i guess not wanting to be as mean about it as i was <laughs> and i was just like absolutely not like like fuck that girl because i can't even imagine um you know if i were 19 deciding to go visit my grandparents then like i can't even imagine even like there's no way and it's not like oh you, you you would have been just as selfish no i wouldn't have been like I, I you know me at that age would have never in a million years been like yes it's a good idea when this is happening for me to go visit my elderly you know immunocompromised grandfather right. Like there's no way in hell like you it's, it's like especially and, and back then we didn't even have face time right so back then like it was harder to have some sort of connection with people But yeah, I just, it's, it's shocking to me. And then what's really scaring me, I'm curious, your take on this, not only like are are, like the states seem to be more afraid of like reenacting lockdowns and whatnot, but people are like, are going to, even as cases go up and deaths go up, like people are just more than ever, like just being convinced that it's not real. Like I read something the other day about a doctor who was talking about how you know, she has patients who some of their last words are like, this can't be happening, who are still so much in denial, which just.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think people's brains broke. I think like it just got to be like it when this first started, everyone acted like this was going to be over in a month. Like when right. those first lockdowns happened, everyone's like, oh, it's for a couple of weeks. We'll 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 ride it out. Everything will be fine. Now, seven months later, the fact that it's only getting worse, I think, breaks a lot of people's brains. And they're just yeah, I not agree. they don't have the <laughs> the the can do spirit to say we'll get through this. They just want to say we got through this, nothing is real now.
0: Yeah, no, I can believe that. And I can like and I can like even um you know agree like with that. Like I because I feel a certain amount where I look, I I totally can empathize, I guess, with the fact that it's like, okay, we've done all this stuff. We've had our lives disrupted. We've given up a year. Like, there was even a part of me that was kind of mad. I was like, well, shit, if I knew this was just going to get worse, I should have just, you know, gone and visited my parents a couple months ago. I should have just gotten on a plane then, right? Right. Like, I should have just, you know, (laughs) and, 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 like, so I I understand that mindset. I understand, like, the anger and and the frustration, but, I mean— people are dying in front of you. You can't deny that it's not real. I mean, I think you can be angry about it and be frustrated and just, like you said, your brain can break. But I just really am scared by the fact that it's becoming almost mainstream and an almost acceptable position to have that it's not really happening and that it's not that bad. Yeah. Like that That's the thing that scares me. Having said that, I do feel like if we if vaccines, you know, can't be really tested and if they can't get them produced fast enough... I do think that we are very, very perilously close to it being at the point where it won't be so much the people you'll still have some idiots who are like, This isn't real, but you'll have people who are like, Yeah, this is real and I don't care. Who sure. are at the point where they're like where where they're like, Yeah, I I don't actually care anymore. Uh, you know, like if if I inadvertently kill someone or if I die myself. I will accept that risk because I can't stay inside and be disrupted anymore. Well, and we've we've
1: had those people, but they've, we
0: have, but but what I mean is I think it'll become like a significant portion of people. Like my fear is that it will be people who are even so, so to speak on our side, you know, right? like people who are reasonable, who will be (laughs) at the point where they're like, I I can't do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen, but there are very promising vaccines right around the corner like next yeah. year we 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 can see a light at the end of this tunnel. Uh we can. It, this, nothing is forever. That's why I feel confident saying let's skip this Christmas because there's a very good chance by next Christmas this could be okay. No,
0: I agree with like, you and I, don't I think that rush that is. Things. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Um I don't want to rush things either. I just I'm just concerned because I just I do feel like there is like a certain amount of um, people who are, it's going to be like, okay, the longer this goes on, this is just going to be a problem. Um, and people are just going to be like, I, I just don't care. Like it does not matter how long this is like, like what the risks are rather like this has been going on too long and I can't do this.
1: Yeah. Happy times. Happy times. Happy, happy times 2020. And everyone, everyone <sighs> is, everyone says fuck 2020 and I'm still I'm still mad at 2016. So mm-hmm. I just can't wait to see what 2021 turns out like.
0: I mean, I, never say never, knock on wood, but like I don't know if if I mean I guess everything could all, always possibly be worse, but
1: zombie apocalypse.
0: Yeah. It it's I mean that would be basically the only thing I think that could be worse, right? It would be okay, well, that happened. <laughs> Um
1: and then you'd have people picketing the zombie apocalypse saying it was a hoax. Oh, you totally would. You would eaten. have
0: to, I was I was gonna say you would have people literally as the zombies are like biting into them being like, damn, that was real, you know?
1: Zombies are socialists.
0: Right. Oh, that's exactly what they'd be. Like it's Antifa. Antifa are the zombies. That's exactly what would happen. We watched The Walking Dead, that's a bunch of rednecks, like, yeah. <laughs>
1: oh yeah have you uh, are you still watching the walking dead no i there's a new season i think but i no longer have uh whatever amc AMC. no longer yeah it wasn't part of the cable package that i pirate
0: right right yeah and and they're weird about how you can share access to stuff but it eventually comes to hulu or netflix or whatever yeah Yeah, no i haven't watched in years and i did like fear of the walking dead for a while i actually like that one better that one just started up again, but I haven't watched that either. So it's, yeah, I I'll, don't
1: know. I'll admit like the last three seasons of The Walking Dead were more stressful than enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. But I still couldn't stop going back. I was very into those characters. But having, a couple years out now, since the last time I watched it, um, I'm hesitant to dive back into that world. It's very yeah. stressful. Yeah.
0: I was gonna say it's very stressful, and it also I think feels just much more <laughs> a
1: little too real. Like,
0: well, this is the problem, <laughs> right? Like I actually like so at the beginning of all this, I watched a uh, contagion, uh, yeah. uh, and and. You know, which is actually a good movie and I hadn't seen it before or if I had, but I'd forgotten about it. That was one of those that I'd kind of forgotten that I watched until I was like partway through it. And like that was really good. But it was also one of those that is like it was good, morbid curiosity to watch at the beginning of the whole stuff. But now I'd be like, oh, I I don't know if I can deal with that yeah, right now. Right. right. And Walking Dead, I feel like part of me would kind of <laughs> want to get back into it. And part of me is like, yeah, this is just too real and too many bad things are happening and when the sky is orange, and you know, like you have a a, a fascist would be dictator who's still like, you know, fighting back against being kicked out of office, and, and you have people dying, and you have you know, like uh, other you know, like uh, protests and violence in the streets, and and all the other shit. Like I don't know, man. I just <laughs> and and I'm usually not the person who's ever put off by any of that. Like I'm usually like, yeah. The world is terrible and everything is awful. Let me watch something really depressing. That's not going to make anything worse for me. But I'm in this weird, this pandemic has done this to me where i have like, it's fucked up my mindset where I can't even be negative the way that I used to be negative because I actually am like, this is too much for me. Like I, I can't enjoy dark content and I love dark content. Like I love it. And and I, I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, this is too much even for me.
1: Ergo Fraser
0: exactly so i'm gonna i'm gonna pick that up
1: (laughs) do i need to get back into westworld
0: (laughs) i mean i'm trying to remember now this is one of the things because that was so that was actually i think march and i'm trying to remember i remember i didn't love the season and but i don't remember if i hated it fair enough it didn't it didn't stick out to me as the problem nothing has been as good as that first season though is the real truth
1: yeah okay that that was that was really my question is, is, is if I love the first season, will I love season two?
0: Oh, no, it's very different. And season three is even more different. So,
1: oh, wait, I did mean, I, see, I think, yeah, I saw the first two. I haven't seen season three.
0: OK, so, yeah. So season three, I think it's better than season two, but it's still not season one is I believe how that happened. Okay. Oh, and just some um, uh, follow up before we, we finish. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, GitHub reinstated uh, YouTube um, DL.
1: I did not see that.
0: Yeah, they not only did they reinstate it, but they like wrote a whole blog post about how basically calling the RIAA to the carpet without saying it so explicitly, talking about how they will have a different process for DMCA takedowns that were done under the same rule that the RIAA used, that we're meaning that there will be an actual panel, that people will be able to appeal, that even if something is taken down, projects will be able to export their issues and and other stuff, uh, as well as having a million-dollar legal fund for uh, projects and developers who might be caught up in that sort of stuff. So they completely you know brought it back, and, and they cited a, a letter that the EFF, who I, uh, apparently has been acting on behalf of um, the the YouTube DL um, uh, maintainers, uh, sent basically kind of arguing their case, and I believe that they used the EFF's letter as like their legal cover for why they're like they feel comfortable reinstating the repository yeah. and not making any other changes. So it's um it's it's pretty good. I think the only thing that's happened is that some of those links to some of those tests were removed. Um, like you know to, to some of those you know the, the, the music videos or whatever were removed from that one testing file. Sure, but yeah. Um, but but even at one point, somebody had forked it and had also removed some sort of, uh, you know, key from Google to, to be able to log in and access stuff. That commit was reverted, meaning they were like, no, you don't have to remove that. Just remove the links to, you know, the, the music videos. But the, the key and the other stuff, like based on... The EFFs, you know, appraisal of the situation, they're like, we don't think this violates this specific section and that this was, you know, bullying and whatnot. So it was actually kind of interesting that uh, not only did they go back, but like they went back hard. Like they were like, nope, we're not going to do this. And we're, we're going to like triple down basically on fighting against this in the future, which um, well done GitHub.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Happy news to to head into 2021 with.
0: I was going to say, it was like one of the few good good things, things right? are looking um, up. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's, I guess sleep well.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You too. And um, I will check out Frasier and <laughs> you will maybe check out Westworld at <laughs> some point.
1: Check out Frasier makes it sound like it's something new.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, uh, and I've never seen the whole series, so I, I will see what, get into that. But what I was going to say though is, uh, I, I, I respect it that you weren't able to get into Succession. But I would say, if at some point in the future, if you're just like bored and you're just looking, you can be more of mind of that. I would try it again. I, but, I, I
1: will give it a second. I will. I will. But, I will watch more than two episodes, and and before I decide.
0: Yeah, because. Uh, um, The second season especially is really good, but the more it goes on, like some of the characters, again, like you, you're really not going to root for anyone. Uh, But there's a certain joy in that. But I'd also, if you don't get into it, that is an interesting thing. And maybe, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff in it that is very much uh, real and in some ways actually sort of like... PTSD inducing for for media people but I would be interested in knowing like if maybe that just doesn't translate to to regular people as much but um, it's uh, I I would be interested at some point if you watch like more than two episodes and like kind of you know get into it again just because I don't know there is something nice about just objectively awful people and just sort of watching them revel in their awfulness I don't know
1: okay duly noted
0: all right. All right. Well, uh, we'll get some sleep, Brett.
1: Get some sleep, Christina. The system is going down now.